What's up? What's up? Incredible, loved, and valued people. I am so thankful that you are here on the Have You Heard podcast. I am your host, Emma Mae McDaniel. And friends, I am so excited about today's conversation because we're going to be talking about the real struggle of anxiety and depression and walking through things that kind of feel like they came out of the blue and how the Lord, he is so faithful to steady us as we continue to walk along, even in those places and talk about the power of gratitude, the power of community. And I'm just really excited to see how God meets you right where you are in this conversation today. So friends, grab your headphones and let's get into the word. Guys, I am so excited because even in the little amount of time that me and Taylor have been just talking before we hit the record button on this podcast, I have been so refreshed. So I can't imagine how refreshing this conversation is about to be. My friend Taylor Ruth Welgus is on the podcast with us today, and I am just so fired up. Sister, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Emma May. <laughs> I'm so honored to be here, and I'm just so happy that you would think of me to have a conversation with, and what an honor that is. You are seriously the sweetest, best human that God has created. I feel like oh. I was saying this a little bit before, but I feel like everybody who listens to this has to hear this. I've had the honor of meeting you, you know, several times in real life, and I feel like you're online presence, your ministry, and your real life in-person presence is the same, which is so rare and so beautiful. And you're just such an authentic and genuine person. And so everybody who's been encouraged by you on your online ministry can rest easy and take a deep breath knowing that that's exactly who you are. And I know that that blesses me. So I just wanted to say that as a little encouragement and to also just tell your listeners all of that too, because it's so special. That is insane. I, I take that with so much gratitude and I'll honestly carry that with me as such an encouragement. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you, because that means the world. And I pray that that is true through and through for the rest of life and honestly you too like right back at you i am so thankful that you he- are here and that the lord allowed this podcast to be able to happen because like josh and i were just praying over this like group of episodes that we wanted to prepare to just really get in the nitty-gritty of life and encourage people and i honestly immediately thought of you because You've been so honest about your walk with the Lord and so honest about the difficulties that you've navigated and yet you just overflow with joy and that's such a testament of his presence that's in you and that's with you and then like I said just talking with you before we hit the record button I'm just so blessed by you and so I just feel like this is so fitting like I was even reading this morning in Psalm 119 and the psalmist basically says, God, your word steadies me with joy. And I see that when I see you, that by his word, by his presence, you are so steadied with joy. And I just want to thank you for being a testament to how real that is. And that's, that's not just words to fluff us up or make us feel good for a moment, but it's so tangible and reliable. And you're living proof of that. And I just want to thank you. Wow, thank you so much. That's incredibly sweet and kind and just confirmation 
for the healing that has happened in my life and that you can see that. And that's just the sweetest compliment. So thank you. That's really sweet. You're welcome. I feel like we've hinted at just a really powerful story that we're about to share. And I'm so excited. People are probably like, okay, what are, what exactly are y'all hinting at? But I would <laughs> love before we get there for you to share what is something that made you smile today. Yes. Okay. So I am pregnant. And so mm-hmm. last night my husband got to feel the baby for the oh. first time. And yes, and I, so I'm only 16 weeks and I didn't expect to feel the baby by hand yet. And yet I did um, when my husband was at work the other day. And so my sister got to feel, but my husband didn't. So I was waiting for him to be able to feel. And then last night I was like, I feel the baby. And then he got to feel the baby. And I've just been thinking about that ever since. I haven't been able to let that one go. So sweet and unreal. Oh, I'm so exciting. I so agree. That is a miracle. (laughs) And yes, it makes you just stop in your tracks. It's like time just stand still. And I so empathize with you. It's like you're soaking up that precious moment. But at the same time, like you want someone else to experience it with you so badly. Yes. (laughs) You want someone to, to know the feeling. And it reminded me in the Bible when it said that John the Baptist leapt in the, or leapt, is that the word? Leaped in the world. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) And I was just thinking about it because when my husband put his hand on my belly, the baby like really moved. And I hadn't felt it move like that until my husband put his hand on me and I was like that is so special that he got to feel the baby really move so just the sweetest thing ever and I will never forget that I love that too and I love that you had like such confidence of like yep that was our baby because I remember the I, I remember the first time I was sitting in the movies and I I just knew I was like this is not gas <laughs> yeah there's no way I'm like if this is gas that stuff is powerful because <laughs> What is going on here? <laughs> that is not what that was. And I leaned over yeah. to Josh. I was like, I think I just felt her. And it's like, it only is sweeter. It only just yes. grows in sweetness. That I it's love so that exciting. so much for you guys. Thank you. You too. I'm You're so welcome. excited for you guys. Oh, thank you. I know. I love yes. that we get to journey through that together. It's yes. really sweet. So special. I um. I would love for you to share this story. So there, I know that there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of detailed parts to it and moving parts to it, but there is a particular story um, in your journey where a turn took place that you weren't expecting it to take and it brought a lot of difficulty. And I would love for you to just go into that story and share with us Um, whenever your life took a turn that you weren't expecting it to. Yes, I would love to share with you. So I remember I was a sophomore in college at Liberty University, and I was 19 years old when my life significantly changed. Um, So let me give you a little picture of how I was prior to this moment. I have always been very go with the flow Um, I didn't really feel, I was not an adrenaline junkie by any means. Like I've never jumped out of a plane. I've never done anything crazy like that. (laughs) The craziest thing I would do though, which kind of shows you I didn't have fear, was I lived on South Campus. So I was far away from everyone. South Campus was far away. It was very far. 
and I did not like walking, especially if I had classes in North and I had to wait and the, the shuttles were different back then, so they didn't come around very often. And so I would hitchhike. And my um, husband, then boyfriend, he did not like that. He did not like that I would hitchhike. And I, I would put my thumb out and I <laughs> and I would just, you know, guys, girls never would stop for me, but guys would stop. Um, and I think it's because girls are being smart. They're like, I'm not going to pick up some random person. I don't know. <laughs> but guys would just pull over and I would I would say, are you a good person or would you hurt me? And that's what I would say. And they would no say, way. I'm a good person. And so I'd get in the car and then they would Taylor. drive me to my door. <laughs> I just had no fear. I was just like, you know, wow. I hopped in the back of a pickup truck. I, you know, with no seat or seatbelt. I um, got into a car one time where it was definitely not safe. Like it did not feel safe, but somehow I got out and I was okay. And I, yeah, I didn't have fear. And so that was me before. I just, I just had this, like, as people would describe free spirit, kind of like just funny and goofy and all of those things which I still am but it kind of got shadowed and it disappeared for a little while um so when I was 19 I have always been spontaneous and my husband again then boyfriend we're high school sweethearts so we've dated for 11 years now but um he was not spontaneous and he's always been the planner and very level-headed, so very opposite of me. <laughs> and he was like, hey, I have a meeting later, but would you want to go to Outback Steakhouse for a spontaneous date? And I was like, oh my goodness, he loves me. He's taking me on a spontaneous oh. date and we're going to get steak and mashed potatoes on a college budget. And like, this is going to be the yes. best thing ever. And so I remember getting in the car and he said, put your seatbelt on. And I'm like, oh, come on, we're not going that far. It's not that big of a deal. And he said, I'm not starting the car until you put your seatbelt on. I'm like, okay. So I put my seatbelt on. We go and we get mashed potatoes and, and steak and all the things. And I'm eating it. And I'm just thinking it's the best thing ever. And at the end, I said, oh, I really want a milkshake. But the milkshakes at um, Outback were the tiniest milkshakes you've ever seen. And they were so expensive. And so he said, well, why don't I take you to Chick-fil-A and we'll get bigger milkshakes for, you know, half the cost. And I was like, okay, sounds good. Yeah. So we get in the car. I have my leftovers on the um, foot of the car like at my feet and I remember he said put your seatbelt on and I was like why do you keep saying that we're not going far and we're safe and he said I'm not starting the car until you put your seatbelt on so we had this like little wow argument yeah so I put my seatbelt on again same thing two times that day we had that argument and we're going and it's raining and at that point we're turning into Chick-fil-A so we had just made it and it was Ward's Road so if you've ever been there you know what Chick-fil-A I'm talking about Oh, yes. We were turning left, and um, there were already cars stopped at that stop light where they're supposed to stop when we're turning. And I remember seeing a car coming really fast, and I knew Luke did not see that car because he was already fully turning, and that car Mm -hmm. came really fast. And so I braced myself. I was in the passenger seat, and he was driving. And I remember the car hitting us and Luke was in complete shock. He didn't see that coming at all. So I remember at one point we were, I was hanging over him cause it was on the side. And I remember him saying, oh my gosh. And I said, it's okay. And I just had so much peace in the moment, which oh is goodness. so interesting because it, it really was the opposite for us in our story afterwards. He you know, was in shock in the accident. I was at peace and then it flipped when we were going through the rest of the story. But I remember when we landed, um, we landed in the aisle or the lane that would be leaving Chick-fil-A. 
So we like fully twisted the car and, and it landed. And I remember he was not responding to me and he was just staring straight ahead and he was in shock. And so I thought, I'm going to have the Disney princess moment right now and I'm going to kiss him and he's going to come back Taylor. to life. But the thing is, he's the Disney princess and I'm the prince in this moment because I'm the one kissing. <laughs> so I was like, this is going to work. And so as I'm leaning over, I'm realizing in that moment, I can't feel my right arm. And that was really weird. And so I I kissed him. It worked. He came back to life. <laughs> it he worked. Was like, yeah, he wasn't shocked <laughs> anymore. He was like, there. And I was like, oh, it worked. And he said, are you okay? Is everything okay? And I said, I want you to know that I'm okay, but I can't feel my right arm. And then he was like, what? And so we had a man who actually we found out later, I believe he was a retired pastor from TRBC who happened to witness all of it. And he came over and he asked us if we were okay. I barely remember that part. Um, but my husband remembers all of that. And so there was ambulance. They like couldn't even get my car door open with the claws of life or whatever they're called. Um, so they put the neck brace on me. I remember at one point I was laying on the stretcher and I had the neck brace on. And I remember it was raining on my face and I was still in the place where I was like, oh, I, sh- I should make sure Luke knows that I'm okay. So I was like, does this neck Aww. brace look pretty on me? Like I'm trying to do everything I can to make sure he knows I'm not you know, in a, I'm not dying or something, yeah. um, even though it was a really scary situation. And so we went to the hospital and all of that. They gave me a lot of medications. And at that point I, um, was very loopy and all the things, but I had a concussion that we didn't catch at that time because we thought it was the medication that was making me feel like throwing up or like having weird, cause my parents weren't there. So it was just, you know, my sister and my, and Luke with me, um, So that was the beginning of the actual trauma part of it. And then from there, there was so much more that with, you know, mental health that I struggled really badly with PTSD and anxiety and depression. And the physical part of it was so difficult having to go to PT and um, retraining my arm for mobility and strength and um, all of those things. It was a nerve injury. So that's kind of complicated because, you know, a broken arm, they can give you a time frame for the healing. But with a nerve injury... You really don't know. You you know, they were throwing words around like chronic and some people were saying dead arm. And I'm like, what does that mean? I don't want I don't want that marked over me. And so, you know, being 19, I was just thinking, what does this mean for my life? What does this look like? Um, How do I navigate this? All my friends are so lighthearted and not going through anything like this. And um, so I was really struggling. But God has you know, shown up so many times in my life with that. And mm-hmm. I remember because of that, I, I like really struggled with believing if God was real or believing if I was real because of the depression. I, I struggled with this association and not knowing if the clouds were real. It sounds so funny when you say it, but I just didn't believe in reality for a while there. Yeah. Couldn't get out of bed. I, um, yeah, I really struggled. It was so I was feeling hopeless and not wanting to live. And it's so opposite of who I am because I have such a drive for life and I love people and I love the the like small perfect things in life and all the things that are just so happy. And that's just how I've always been, very positive. And then to feel this like heavy weight of negativity and, and darkness was just overwhelming for me. Wow. Um, 
We also dealt with a legal battle from it um, because of how I still needed medical attention and we the insurance was maxing out at that point and I still needed the medical attention. My all my doctors were saying you're still gonna need to come in and so you need to pursue legally and, and that was heavy for me being a nineteen year old, even imagining that. And so, you know, that was something that I couldn't even fathom. Um, but we had to go through with that, which was a long process of a couple of years. That's so that's so much. It was a lot. Wow. So yeah. Was that like so frustrating to be just genuinely this is just how this is how you're wired to be just so free spirited and fun and you easily see all the reasons to smile and then you're weighed down by struggling to find the reasons to smile or feel like smiling. Like was how did you navigate that and was that just so frustrating? It was so hard and it definitely felt very spiritually dark at times where I have, I can solidly say that I feel as though I have seen the depths of shale at times where Mm. I witnessed um, a darkness that I would never want anyone to experience. It was as if I was on what I would imagine heavy medications to cause your brain to do, even though there were times where I wasn't on anything. And it was just, I was seeing things that were just so scary. And that sounds wild to say out loud. And it was so opposite of what I had ever experienced. But, you know, I know that like now when I hear people's stories, I have such an empathy because I've experienced a lot of that. And it, and it, you wouldn't expect it because of how I have carried myself and how I've been able to see the light um and experience the hope of jesus Mm -hmm. but my family saw me go through it and they witnessed it and they know that i went through what i went through and um so yeah it was really hard that was something that was so difficult for me but i can say without a doubt that jesus is so good and that god is real and that was something that i couldn't say before with a solid answer and now I can because I've seen you know the depths of Sheol and I can say that without a doubt that even when we're in the depths of Sheol the Lord is with us and he sees us and he is not far and so that has been such an encouragement to me um, no matter what I'm going through now and having that wisdom that has come from that has been a blessing this is definitely so hard. powerful because I feel like I've had a lot of conversations with dear people in my life lately who have just walked through tough things and over and over and over again, even though ev- like the, the person is unique, the situation is unique, over and over again I hear this, but yet it strengthened me in my walk with the Lord. It gave me greater confidence that his word proves true and proves perfect and so it's just so sweet to me to hear your personal story and your personal experience and the way that God has personally wired you and yet even in that you are personally experiencing how good God is and how faithful he is and that I was so excited to ask you like how did that impact your relationship with the Lord like did it did it lead to deeper doubts, but then strengthen to greater faith? Did you feel like you were on a roller coaster with the Lord at times? Oh, absolutely. That was the biggest roller coaster of my life. Um, that So the night before the accident, I actually wrote in my journal 
um, God, I trust man so easily, but I have such a hard time trusting you. Then next day, literally got hit. Life turned upside down, but literally sideways, but (laughs) life turned. And my, my perspective just shifted because suddenly it was like, okay, you know, through that journey of going through the legal battle, I accidentally, they asked me for some of my journal entries from the time of the accident because they wanted to see how I processed those things. Um, and I accidentally airdropped my entire journal of everything that I've ever written out to the Lord of, you know, confiding in God or confessing or repenting to the Lord. Everything that I have written to the Lord was now in the hands of these attorneys and sent over to, quote unquote, my enemies, Um, the ones who were on the opposite side, you know, trying to not have this case be won. Um, And so that then made me feel like I couldn't trust anyone. I couldn't trust... I, I also struggled with trusting my family because anything I said to them could be spoken about in attorney meetings. I didn't feel like I could trust my counselor because those notes got sent to all of the attorneys. I didn't feel like I could trust anyone. It was, and I remember even strangers asking me my story and I was hesitant to even tell them or to respond to them because I couldn't trust them. Um, it was the oddest thing. And that was when I was also really, really doubting God and who he was. Mm. And then I remember there was this turning point where my prayer life had to develop because I was really struggling in who I could communicate with in the depths of where I was with my depression. And I don't even like to say my depression because I don't want to claim it as mine, but through that season, it was mine. I was holding it. That was something that I was like deep in. Um, But I remember I wrote, I desperately craved to write to God again like I did before so I wrote out in gibberish but I could understand it because I was the one who wrote it God are you angry that everybody is reading what our letters are between each other are you angry that that sacred space of privacy has been just destroyed and how Um, there's no privacy yeah intruded and completely and um I wrote that all out and then I said everything I was feeling And then I went outside to the driveway and I burned it because I was like, this is just between the Lord and I. No one else will have their hands on this. And I still remember everything I wrote on it. I still remember the depths of where my heart went in that. And I also remember, you know, the biggest turning point was when I I wrote a piece of poetry called The Grief River that I've never publicly shared ever, but it's it. I mean, I've shared with like friends and stuff, but never publicly online or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but it was just this moment of Jesus getting in the boat with me. And it's this beautiful imagery that I was having in my mind of like, this man climbed through the rocks and the water and he got in alongside of me and he told me not to be afraid, even when the water was rushing over the boat and even when it felt so dangerous. And so that, and I, and I witnessed what it meant to go through something where you truly feel like you are not in control. Hmm. You don't feel like you have any control. And that is so hard for me being not in control. And so I just got to experience the side of Jesus that was so tender. And I remember like weeping in my room to the song, 
um, Nothing Else by Cody Carnes. And I remember this being such a turning point in just my relationship with the Lord and what it looked like because I was singing the part where um, he says, like, I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me anything. And that part, because, like, what I'm going through with the legal battle is, you know, a fight for a winning, a blessing. And I never once asked what we were fighting for because it wasn't about that for me. It was about desiring to be whole again and to not feel the way that I was feeling and wanting the old Taylor back. Wow. And that was something that was so difficult for me because I remembered this innocent girl that I lost. And, you know, a lot of people say like, what do you struggle with when it comes to comparison? And my biggest struggle was always comparing myself to my former self, comparing myself to who I was before I experienced the darkness in this world. And, um, so in that moment when I'm, when I'm weeping and singing to the Lord and saying that, Jesus, you don't owe me anything, it was this moment where I recognized that my entire life I had been living in a way where I thought, if I'm a good girl, God will bless me. And so when I experienced suffering, I was like, what is going on? I didn't do anything to deserve this. And what a dangerous thing to think because there's so many people in this world that suffer who have been glorifying the Lord with their whole life. And it's so challenging for them because they don't understand. And it feels like God is absent. And yet there's so much that you can glorify the Lord in through your suffering. And so that was a turning point for me where I recognized, wow, I'm in a new place where the suffering itself is not pulling me away from God. It's actually drawing me closer to him. And even if I never suffer Mm -hmm. again or I suffer for the rest of my days, I will have the same tenderness towards the Lord, which was, and it will only get stronger is what I was feeling. And that, that is just the sweetest place to be, to go from not believing in God to not even believing in yourself being real, to being in a place where you recognize that you deeply desire just to be near him, just to be in his presence. And it was like that Mm -hmm. moment, um, I think about with a woman who had the issue of bleeding in the Bible. And what I felt was that I was struggling with this. At this point, it had been many years when I was at this stage where I'm talking about of just suffering and feeling like, God, I've prayed the prayers. People have prayed over me and... I'm still feeling tormented in my mind and I'm still hurting physically. Um, Mm -hmm. And I remember like I always envisioned myself as the woman touching the cloak, the one with the issue of blood. But I realized in that moment um, when I was really thinking about it that I was actually just one of the people in the crowd that was pushing against Jesus and saying, heal me, heal me. And I was so desperate for him to heal me that I forgot who I was touching and who I was approaching. Whereas the girl, the woman who was having the issue of blood, she knew who she was touching. She didn't even have to announce herself. 
She didn't have to go over there and shake him. She didn't have to grab his shoulders. She didn't have to make her presence known. She just had to touch the hem of his garment, and that was enough to heal her. And he felt that power go out of him. And I knew in that moment that for those many years, he didn't feel power go out of him when I was begging. Because where I was begging from was craving a blessing more than him. I was craving just to be whole and to not ache and to just get out of it. And it was in, and it was in this like rushed, like selfish feeling of, and it sounds like I know so many people will struggle with this when they hear it because I struggled with it when I heard people speak in ways where they were talking about how like just healing is a very sensitive topic because of how much you desire to be whole. All of us desire wholeness because it's what we were created for. And yet on earth, we experience the brokenness. We also get glimpses of wholeness. And so we crave it. You know, it's not wrong to crave that. It's not wrong to desire healing. Mm -hmm. But I think that, you know, when you get to a place where you recognize that you're one of the people in the crowd and you see the example of the woman who was struggling with the issue of blood and how she had faith that even just the hem of his garment could heal her, just being close to him in his presence of the healer, that's what brought her healing. And so mm. that was a long answer to to your question, but that is how wow. my view and relationship with the Lord really changed from all of that. I feel like my only commentary in this whole episode could be, wow, 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 because this is so real and beautiful and weighty. And I couldn't help but just think of the psalmist that says, as for me, it is good to be near God. And how the Lord is just so gracious and sovereign in how everything serves to fulfill his purpose even whenever it doesn't make sense and he's so purposefully drawing you to himself drawing me to himself and in the midst of so much confusion and so much wrestle and so much difficulty he was so graciously strengthening your trust in him showing you who he was and really like cultivating such a heart in you that like oh i was made by god and for god and as your awareness of that grew in an even more intimate way i long for god like whether that involves suffering or not i i just want god and it made me think of the story of the man who is blind and the people thought that like oh it's because of a sin that he has committed it's because of something that he's done wrong and jesus comes and he brings a lot of clarity he's like actually it's not because of something that he's done wrong it's actually through so that through this the father may be glorified through his life and i'm so thankful that you brought up that point because it is so so true that like our suffering like sometimes things that we walk through is like, yep, that's a consequence because of the sin. Like I think of, I just read about David and how his whole house went into division and turmoil because of his sin. That is very real thing. But also 
there is a lot of times where we will walk through suffering and it's not because we did something wrong. It's because we live in a broken world, but God is purposing everything together to serve his plan and to draw us to himself and to bring him glory and to strengthen us, to help us become more and more into the image of his son and to hear you not only vocalize that, but share like, yeah, this is this is legit. This is the real deal. It's so encouraging. So I really hope that those of you listening, if if those verses about walking through hard times, like the Lord used that to strengthen my character and bring me perseverance and led me to hope that didn't put me to shame. I or I'm strengthened in his joy. Like if those trials lead me to maturity. Like those I hope that if those verses have only been just like a I don't know, something that you've memorized, but they haven't settled in your soul and you thought maybe they sound good, but it's hard to see the hope and the light of them and the reality of them. I hope that hearing this very real story is an encouragement to you that those are real truths, that those are real promises. Um, It even leads me to think of just in pregnancy. I was thinking about this last night, how I'm doing so many things to intentionally prepare for birth, to prepare for labor, to prepare for postpartum, and to prepare to care for my baby girl. But there are so many things that my body is doing in preparation for the birth, for the labor, for the delivery, for the postpartum, to care for this baby that I'm not even aware of. Like, so many things with the amount of blood flow and the way that my relaxing amount like the hormone relaxing is increasing so that like I mean I could go on a whole list of things that if I didn't have books to know what my body was doing right now to prepare and also to sustain what's going on right now I would be mind blown but I I just think about that in the sense of suffering and just walking with the Lord and how there are things that we intentionally lean into ways that we intentionally seek to grow in our walk with him and steward wherever we are faithfully to know him more but then there are also ways that are like it's a retrospect of oh wow god you are really deepening my trust in you in that moment and i didn't see it in the moment but now i do like wow you were doing so much in me that i just didn't even know about but now i look back and it's like you really were there and you really were working everything together for for good and for your glory and so i just i want to acknowledge how beautiful it is that you're being so honest and i really hope it brings encouragement to those who are walking through a really difficult time knowing that it's not wasted and ultimately the purpose is for you to become who you were made to be and know the god who made you more totally and, more. and i think that that is something that it's so overwhelming when you're going through it and and because there is so much yeah. darkness it can feel like it's funny because i can only think about when i was in israel and i went through hezekiah's tunnels where the water is like coming up and you're in a really tight mm-hmm. dark space and and just like a tiny flashlight can really light up the whole space and yet you're more aware when the light comes in of the water creeping up and you're more aware of the tightness and the darkness. And I just think about that when it comes to suffering and how sometimes it feels like this overwhelming, just 
experience where you feel like there's no way I'm going to get out of this. There's no way that there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel until you realize that the water might be the Holy Spirit and that the tightness is is something that mm. he is protecting you in and that you're going to get you're going to get through it and the darkness is just something that you just keep pushing through and you keep pushing through and you get to a place where you see the light and then the water just comes flowing out. Ooh, my straw, sorry, my glass straw is right next to me. But you just come flowing <laughs> out of there and you see the light finally and you recognize that at one point you couldn't tell the difference between up or down and you couldn't tell where you were, but he is guiding you and he's there. And that's the biggest thing, even when you don't feel it, like you were saying, yeah. like with being pregnant, not feeling everything, but you know what's happening. Um, or, and you're not even in control. That's the craziest part. And I keep saying that cause that's something I really struggle with, but yeah. like that lack of control is so hard. And I know so many people struggle with that, but I think that that's something that when you come to a place where you can trust in the Lord and what I do when I'm having a hard time with trusting the Lord is I say out loud, Lord, I repent that I cannot trust you right now. And I already receive your forgiveness because you've already given that to me. And I thank you for that. And I just ask right now that the enemy would flee from my mind and that I wouldn't have those lies feeding me. And I thank you that you are my protector and that you are the one who guides me and that I can trust you. And just being in a place where you can just speak that out loud every single time it happens. And you'll see freedom from that. You'll witness and experience that freedom which is really, really sweet. That is so, so sweet. And it actually leads into something I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask if you could get practical with those who are walking through a difficult time, whether it be anxiety, depression, PTSD, or it could just be any type of just heavy season. I'm so curious on what did your day-to-day look like like in hindsight and overall and foundationally the lord was he was strengthening your trust but in those everyday moments where you were so anxious for example you said you would just i would Um, out loud um, pray to the lord like what were some things that you did and still do maybe that were just your day-to-day like this helped this helped me get through yeah I would say it was a gradual thing. I I think that in the beginning, it was much more help from my mom or my sisters or Luke or my dad um, Mm -hmm. because it was at a place where like mentally and physically, I couldn't even figure out, like I was saying before, like which way is up, which way is down, where's the light? Like it was so difficult. So I remember the specific moment where I was, for lack of better terms, feeling haunted or tormented by the things that I was seeing in my dreams or the things that I was seeing when I was awake and and just experiencing um and I remember my mom coming in and she turned on all this worship music she opened the windows and she just started praying out loud and she just started started saying like the enemy cannot be here and the Lord is our protector the Lord is a good mm-hmm. God he's our savior she just started speaking truth out and I remember that moment I was kind of looking at her like, this lady, this lady is being crazy. Like, is she, is she okay? <laughs> oh, what um, are you doing? But looking back on that, it was really powerful because I recognized wow, what she was doing. Taylor. She was letting the light in physically. She was filling the air with truth by worship music and by her prayers. 
And so from that, I started to recognize like how to get to a place of doing that myself when I was alone. Mm. And I still remember when I was a really little girl, before I had ever experienced anything like this, I remember coming into my mom's room saying, Mom, I had a bad dream. I had a bad dream. And she said, this is what you do when you have a bad dream. You get up and you stomp and you say, Jesus, 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 because the enemy will run and flee when he hears the name of Jesus. And so at 2019 to, wow. well, I'm 27 now that I still do this. So I would get up and I would just, if I'm having those feelings, just start stomping and saying, Jesus, Jesus, proclaiming the name of Jesus over the place that I'm in and seeing the darkness run and flee and how powerful that is and how it really does happen. And like I said before, with repentance and receiving his forgiveness and resisting the enemy and then having that truth be spoken over all of it is so important through prayer. Um, for, For like more, you know, practical tips, I would say that Breathing exercises are so important when it comes to anxiety because you're you're like taking in all of this extra carbon dioxide or whatever the scientific term is for it, and you're having a hard time like getting all of it out. Um, and you just need to have some good oxygen in you and get all the carbon dioxide out. I think that's how it goes. And um, so doing the box breathing really helped me. So just like breathing in for four seconds holding it for four seconds and then breathing out for four seconds. And then if you can extend it a little longer, do four in, hold for six, Mm. out for eight, just kind of do that. And you might feel peak anxiety at one point, push past it and you'll start to feel better. Ice is amazing. Ice is something that has helped me so much because it helps with your, um, just all your nerves in your body and being able to put ice on your forehead or your wrist can help when you're feeling anxious. Um, and chewing gum or having sour candy can help when you're out. You know, all of these things are, are just practical little things um, for people who have experienced a PTSD from a trauma. These are tools for your everyday life. And I'm not a counselor, but I'm just a experienced girl. <laughs> um, and counseling is so important during those days I was also on medication for a season that did help me during a time and then there was a time where it didn't help me anymore Um, and I think that just kind of gauging where you're at and knowing yourself and advocating for yourself is so important and um, also you know eating really well and drinking water with electrolytes all the things that you know you were probably told growing up are really important Mm -hmm. are important um, and and then the biggest thing was being consistent in my reading with the, with the Bible and prayer and writing and yeah. having that time with the Lord. You, know, you hear people say that, and I, I struggled with consistency before the accident. And it's funny because once I had a brain injury, that's when consistency happened for me, which was so funny because you'd think it would be the opposite because I was wow. struggling with my memory and vocabulary and um but that was when i was able to to take it all in the most which was like a blessing in disguise yeah that was amazing incredible wow this is so helpful and encouraging i i'm just so thankful for you and your willingness to be so so honest and it is such a testament too to how the lord has carried you and how you've grown 
in your walk with him through this journey because just a little bit ago you said that in the thick of it you didn't want to share your story with people and um i think this is in and of itself the fact that we're on this podcast together and you're sharing your story of how the lord has walked with you and how good he is and how faithful he is and not only that, but you're helping other people see that and you're helping other people walk through their difficult times hand in hand with the Lord. That in and of itself is something to praise God for. And so I'm just so thankful to be a part of your story in that way, to cultivate a space where you can share it and God uses it. Um, I would love, I feel like I have like a thousand more questions, but because of time, I have one more question. Um, and I feel like you've spoken into it a little bit, but for those who are listening that may not be personally walking through anxiety and depression and, um, just such a heavy season, Mm -hmm. but their close friend is, um, what encouragement would you give to them and how they can be a good friend? Cause I know sometimes I've been in scenarios where I am so like my heart is with my friend, but sometimes I, I don't know if what I'm doing is too much or too little or how can I help because I so badly want to, what encouragement would you give to them in like, what would yeah, be that's helpful such a for good question. Friend? And honestly, I feel like sometimes you don't truly know until you've experienced suffering in your life and you, you see what really yeah. means the most. And, um, I think Jesus is a perfect example of this. And I think of the story of Lazarus and how, you know, Mary and Martha were waiting for Jesus and I was saying earlier how sometimes you can feel like, God, where are you? Where are you? And it feels like God is absent. And yet, you know, in this moment, Jesus was on his way. And they felt like, well, if he had only been here a little bit before, if he had only been here, you know, an hour before or a day before, this wouldn't have happened. And so many of us feel that in our stories. Like, God, if you had only just been here, if you had only been in my presence tangibly so that I could have seen you, um, it, it can be so discouraging. And I think that that's something that, you know, your friend might be experiencing and they might be, be going through. And then I think about how Jesus is on his way for all of us in our stories. He is coming and he's not coming a day late. He's not coming an hour late. He's coming at the perfect time and he's coming to redeem our stories and he's coming to bring us from death to life. And I think of the yeah. the moment where you know, sometimes we can feel like, so is my grieving in vain if Jesus is coming and, and everything is going to be redeemed? No, because when Jesus arrived, this is the perfect example of what to do for a friend who's grieving. You know what he did? Instead of saying, why are you guys crying? Pick yourselves up. I'm going to bring them back to life. Everything's fine. He sees them grieving and he weeps with them. He feels it. He grieves even knowing that he's about to come back to life. But he weeps because he knows the depth of what this means because he's about to die on the cross and he knows that they're about to see that he can bring someone back to life and that that will be his story. So there's so much in that. And I think that when we are experiencing suffering with our friend, we think, oh, we need to pull their boat back up to shore. Like I had mentioned at one point, like you have to bring that boat that they're suffering in, but Jesus gets in the boat. And so as friends, we can get in the boat with them and we can weep with them. We can hear them. We can, instead of trying to like tell them what to do to fix it, because to be honest, if we haven't gone through it or we don't know what to say, we haven't experienced that, it's hard to know. So just being there and reminding them who God is yeah. and that he's on his way. Jesus is on his way to redeem. 
He's already with us because he's omnipresent and he's with us in this moment, but he's coming to bring life to the death that you're experiencing. And he brings beauty from ashes. And to just have grace for yourself, have grace for your friend. That's the biggest thing, you know, especially with being in a relationship with Luke when he's witnessing all of that, he's experiencing it. I remember the the sweetest thing that brings me to tears anytime I think about it. He got essential oils and he went to my feet when we were in college. We weren't even married yet, but I was having the worst depression and anxiety during this day. And I remember him taking my socks off and I was laying in my bed just feeling so sad. And he just started putting oil on my feet and he leaned down and he just started praying and he started weeping. And he didn't say a single thing to me. He just did that. And it felt like for the first time, someone was with me. Someone was crying with me. Someone felt it. They saw how much it hurt. And I also had a moment of prayer with the Lord of listening to um, the song by, um, I'm blanking on her name, but it's it's about um, Jesus being the man of sorrows. Um, oh, Ellie Holcomb, the one of my favorite yes i love her she's one of my favorites so ellie holcomb in her song man of sorrows when she says lord you're weeping with me i was listening to that song and i said jesus i would just love to feel you weeping with me and i remember in that moment and i can't explain to you this other than because of going through such like being in the depths of shale to being in a place of holy ground I felt the tears on my head. I felt it. I felt like he was there crying with me. And it was this mm-hmm. moment of just absolute release of knowing just like Je- just like Luke had cried over my feet, Jesus was crying over my head and I wasn't alone. And so if you're with your friend who's suffering or your loved one who's a family member, just know that the, mm-hmm. the best thing that you can do is to just be there for them to cry with them, to open their windows and let the light in, to turn on the worship music, to clean their dishes, to change out their ta- their towel because they might not have been cleaning their towel or washing their dishes or whatever it may be because of that, cleaning their room, just like helping them with their everyday task that might feel really hard to do. Those things are really practical and really helpful. Wow. <laughs> I There it is again. Wow. That's my word of the day. That is my word for this whole episode. Yeah. I literally or should title it. Will be wow. Have you heard wow? <laughs> because. <laughs> have you heard wow? <laughs> Seriously. I, I, I'm literally just left in awe. And I will be going back and listening to this podcast and just be so encouraged in your love for the Lord and encouraged in the presence of God, encouraged in my own journey with Him. And I just want to thank you. I want to thank you so much because it's so evident that you're speaking out of, you're speaking wisdom out of a place of fearing God and knowing God. And I'm just so, so grateful. And I really believe that this will bring so much encouragement to people and like there's so many things you just said that i i could go back and just repeat because it just Mm. seriously blessed me deeply and also i i think it's really cool this podcast is have you heard it's hearing the word of christ is what is what gives us faith deepens our faith and so i really also hope that those of you listening are challenged and encouraged to know that there will never be a quote-unquote perfect time 
or perfect season where you have the perfect schedule to get into God's word. Um, I mean, I just love that you shared that part of your story that before like this whole accident took place, you probably had <laughs> totally so much time to to get into the word. But then it was whenever like from the outside looking in, it probably made no sense that you, I mean, you were having a trouble with vocabulary and with memorizing, yet that was where you were, was with him in his word. And so I, I really hope that this just totally debunks the lie that the enemy has been speaking to you who are listening, um, that it's just not a good okay. time to get into his word maybe later. Um, I hope that you are encouraged to know that God loves you and is jealous for you. And the <laughs> right time is right now. Um, you are made for him. Therefore, you are made for his word. And ebbed and flowed throughout this whole podcast is the powerful declaration of his word really is a lamp to our feet. It really does bring refreshment to our soul because it is his voice it is who he is and so i hope you're encouraged by that as well um but taylor thank you times a million this is just so rich and i feel like all i want to say is thank you wow. and wow thank you so much mma this was such an honor yeah. and i just am so thankful for you as a friend and love you and so excited for you in your future with your you baby too. and with josh and just knowing that you are honoring the lord and that you are following his steps is just the sweetest thing and I'm glad to have friends that encourage us and push us in that and so just know that I'm always here as a friend if you ever need to talk about anything since we're about to go through the same season soon and um yes yes so this was so sweet and thank you and thank you for giving me a safe place to share too because I don't take that you know for granted and just knowing that that was really difficult like you said that was a really hard part of my story and now to be able to freely share that and to not feel like I have to worry about the trust of man or where this is going to land and just to know that I can walk in freedom in in that is just the sweetest thing so this is a part of my healing like you said and so I just want to thank you for that that's incredible you are so welcome you are so so welcome everybody listening me and taylor love you guys so so much and i am just so thankful that you've joined us today i pray that this blessed you i pray that you um are just encouraged to know how good it is to be near god and i cannot wait to talk to you next week bye guys